0: Hello, and welcome to episode 64 of Grow With Soul. Today is a coaching episode with Kim Himskirk of The Alchemista. Kim started her business 18 months ago and it's exceeded her expectations so far, but now it's starting to feel like it's not entirely under her control. It's been growing organically, but not necessarily in the way she would choose. Today we talk about ways to reclaim that control and manage a business which sells both physical and digital products. We discuss the customer and customer journey, defining how you want the business to be, creating objectives and strategy, and how to make free content work better. So let's dive in. Hi Kim. Hi Kate. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) I'm so good, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm good as well, and thank you so much for coming on. I'm really, um, I'm excited to talk about this today because I know I tend to go much more on the service, digital product side of things because that's what I do. It's just it's easier. So I'm glad that we're bringing a little bit of the physical product in a little bit today, and I'm excited to talk about it with you.
1: No, well, thank you for having me. I'm I'm super excited, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I'm looking forward to your wisdom.
0: <laughs> well, I'll, tr- I'll try and provide some. So as I sort of hinted there, there is a physical product element to what you do. So let's start off as always with you kind of introducing yourself, your business, the story of your business and how you've got to where you're at now.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm Kim and I live with my fiance Pim, which I always think is fun. Oh. We're Pim and Kim in the Netherlands and I'm, I'm Dutch. I am I call myself is a modern witch and that is just sort of like a big that's what my business really is also about it's about modern witchcraft and spirituality and so I have I have a webshop do you call that in English as well more or less yeah (laughs) okay well an online store (laughs) (laughs) and I sell I sell products there obviously as spiritual tools and a bunch of which I make myself like incense and aura sprays and aromatherapy rollers and stuff like that and then also things like tarot cards and just all that all that stuff but then I also do online things mostly online courses again also about modern witchcraft so it's um yeah it's just those two things combined into one business and I started my business about oh gosh this is horrible no about a year and a half ago (laughs) but I actually, I got the idea for it about two and a half years ago. I woke up one morning and I thought, I want to sell incense. That's where it all started, just with the incense, very much with a what, an OI. But yeah, but I didn't, I didn't really actively pursue it right away because I just, I had my job. And I'm always quite terrified to say this when I'm speaking to a like a, a native speaker, because as soon as I do, I seem to lose my grasp of the English language. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I was an English teacher, so That's English funny. as a second language in secondary school. Mm-hmm. So I worked with teenagers, which I mostly loved. But teaching was never really my calling. <laughs> but I did, I did enjoy it. But I, um, I have chronic fatigue syndrome, and so working for a boss it just in general was quite hard because it's quite hard for me to be on when someone tells me to be on and you know to be off when someone allows me to be off because my energy just have a lot has a life of its own it really does its own thing and so yeah so i had that idea i didn't really do anything with it and then about a month and a half later of course i got a burnout and i spent about five months i think at home before slowly going back to teaching again and that's when i realized this is not in any way sustainable and I need to come up with something else, so we're doing this. I'm going to start this business and uh, create something for myself. And yeah, it, it grew from there into what it is today. And yeah, I just really wanted to bring that um, the witchcraft, that's such a big part of my life. I really wanted to do something with that. And so that's, um, yeah, that's how I came where we are now.
0: <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So are you completely not teaching anymore now?
1: No, no, I'm not. I quit my job um, like just last summer. So I stayed on until until summer, just finished up the school year. And then that was that. So now I just work from home full time.
0: Well, that's a really great story. And so good that you honoured yourself and your energy and made the difficult choice rather than just, like, staying in the self-perpetuating spiral of <laughs> burn out and come back and burn out and come back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you see that a lot in, in education, you know, with people just constantly burning out. And I, I just knew I, I don't want that. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the specifics then, because obviously you mentioned that you mix the digital and the physical products. So is that a very conscious decision of something that you wanted to do is it something that happened quite organically and how is that working or not as the case may be
1: <laughs> I, I think it was quite organically so I had this idea for the business and it just started with the instance but then I got more inspiration I was like oh I can do this and that and that and I had quite a while to sort of I guess just plan and dream and all that stuff before I actually opened my shop. Cause you know, I was in this burnout, so I didn't want to start my own business while also I don't actually know what this is called. Like being partially on sick leave yeah, or yeah, something. I know what you mean. See there goes the grasp of the English <laughs> language. <laughs> and so I was just sort of planning for that. And I was going to open on August 1st. So about a year and a half ago. And then I don't know, as I was doing that, I also got this idea for an online course and I was like, Oh, why not? So I've, I've done it that way from the beginning, digital and physical together.
0: Okay. And so are they kind of fighting with each other in terms of the energy and the time that you can give them? But also, do you have a favorite? I guess is what I'm asking. <laughs> uh,
1: I don't think they fight each other too much because I'm I'm also just from a customer perspective, I'm really noticing that people like the same people respond really, really well to both my physical products and my digital offerings. But yeah, so I think the way it is now is that the physical products are the main thing, right? Like the main thing is, is that my, my business is this online store. And then on the side I do courses, but I do find that I perhaps enjoy the online courses more. I've only recently allowed myself to admit this to myself, (laughs) but uh, yeah, because I just, I love the writing and the, and the thinking and then the connecting with people. I just, I really enjoy that. So that's sort of where I'm at now. I think I want that to be a bigger part
0: Bigger part of it. Yeah, I think that can often be the way with online shops and things is that it's a lovely idea and you think about sourcing all the things and making all the things and then, but the actual reality is a lot of packing of boxes (laughs) and going to the post office, which is, which I think can be quite a hard kind of knock back down to earth for people when they had this idea of what having a shop would be like. It wasn't quite so like manual labor focused okay so your your kind of problem with this then is well maybe you tell me how you're where you're struggling with kind of joining up the digital and the physical
1: yeah so what I'm what I'm also struggling with is that I do I also offer a lot of free things and they, are, they feel like they're very much just scattered over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'll have, you know, I have like a free ebook. And I i have a Facebook group in which I do almost monthly talks, which are free. And I do workshops that are free. And, you know, I love doing all of that. I, I so enjoy it. And I definitely want to keep doing it. But I feel like now I'm mostly just working for those things. And I would like them to mm-hmm. also work for me. So I feel it's most it's mostly in those things that um, I feel a little lost and confused almost more so than in the paid digital products if that makes sense
0: yeah and and I I guess the thing is is because the business model is split that if it was just products then doing the free workshops and all that sort of thing makes sense because it's a more linear journey that people get to do this free workshop and then oh I can buy the products that she talked about blah blah blah. big tick makes sense and vice versa if you're doing just digital products then you can do a kind of very focused mini free talk which leads on to a bigger course and that makes sense but when you've got the two different calls to action and does this workshop actually get in the way of the course even when I'm trying to sell this physical product but actually it's maybe turning people off the course like that's where I'm guessing it's starting to feel a little bit yeah out of control almost uh-huh yeah yeah <laughs> that's just hitting it right on the head yeah <laughs> Good. so I think with these things it's rolling it all the way back because if we deal with the 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 free issue first of all we're actually not dealing with the actual issue which is in your business model what what is the structure of the physical and the digital what are they trying to do how are they relating together are they part of the same whole do they link together are they two almost separate things that you deal with very separately in your head because very often when it's kind of come up organically and you're thinking oh I've got this idea for a course I'm going to stick it up and I'm going to do it which is great and it comes from a really inspired place but also you can then get to a point a few months down the line where that it's like when a tree grows all in and outside of itself and it's all twisted and you can't it can't grow anymore it's the same sort of thing it's been allowed to just grow wherever it wants and actually need to kind of chop some of the branches off and make sure that it's growing in a way that makes sense and is manageable and it's you're kind of doing it on purpose a little bit more rather than just seeing how things go oh yeah I love that analogy that's so good yeah Mm -hmm. so if with that in mind um so you said that the you're enjoying doing the digital products a little bit more I mean where the way things currently stand very very roughly not looking for any sort of actual figures but kind of in your mind percentage wise how much of your business is the physical and how much is the digital
1: oh this is going to show how much I do not keep track of just anything um.
0: <laughs> just how it feels I think numbers is, uh,
1: frighten me
0: yeah I always think about it in terms of how it feels because even if it you think oh well the the digital is about 40 percent because that's how it feels to you. Then you go back and you look and think, oh, I actually only get 20% of my income, but it feels like 40%, so where's that discrepancy? That can be useful.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, okay, sounds good. So I'd say it's about 30% 30 digital, 70% physical products, yeah.
0: And do you want to kind of keep it at that level? Do you want to make it more 50-50? Do you want the digital to overtake the physical?
1: Yeah, I think I'd want to exactly flip it around. (laughs) Right. So have the digital be 70%. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense then in terms of thinking about how these things sit together, where you have, I presume, always sort of prioritized the physical stuff. And I mean, just like looking at your website, you see all the the physical products is all over the homepage and stuff. Um, And also... Instagram and things like that which kind of makes sense because it's something to take a picture of so that's been the focus and so if you want to start ratcheting it back it's then making sure that if you wanted to flip it around rather than 70% of all your marketing being for the products you actually start to reel that back in and as you're doing that lift up the physical product a little more and it's it's really that a case of that intention of the time that rather than as I say just letting what happens happens to actually what I think is going to be really useful for you and with hybrid models in general is that you have to be a little bit more attached to a calendar because things do start to overtake and there will be times of year where certain things take precedence so obvious one Christmas is going to be a lot more product focused month then it's going to be a course month and then maybe there's a certain time of year like maybe the spring which is more coursey so you've got to really think because you've not just got one offering so you've got to make sure that you've got a view of the year and know that okay well at this time my focus is more on the products at this time over here it's more on the the digital products and accordingly match your activity to that
1: oh that makes so much sense. Yeah. That sounds good.
0: Because especially because you're one person, like if we were talking about it and you're like, oh yeah, I've got a team of 10 people, then you can kind of do it more equally throughout the year. But because it's just you, you're essentially trying to run two businesses. Yeah. And the way that you have been doing it. And that's why it starts to feel too much because it it is (laughs) is too much. (laughs) So you've got to think about how to think about it in terms of this is one business and I'm one person dealing with this so I need to make sure that I'm not doubling up on everything
1: yeah that sounds that sounds so good it, I feel like you you never become quite as aware of the fact that you're just one person
0: mm-hmm. as to
1: when you start a business
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely it's like <laughs> you you see, and you get so we get so frustrated by it as well I think where we think oh I should be able to do this I should be able to do all of that and that's what I always say to people it's like you know, this would be 12 people's jobs <laughs> in another business. So this absolutely doesn't make sense that you should be able to think, well, I have to have the perfect content strategy and I need to be posting on Instagram three times a day and I need to be sending weekly emails and I need to be doing that. Like, you are lots of different departments. You're the marketing department. You're the the shipping department. You're the buying department. You're the making department. You're the teaching department. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, so, you're so right. So when you put it like that, you realize that something's got to give. Mm, hmm And it can't be you.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've done that. That's yeah. that's over and done with. <laughs> uh, you know, you are you are so right. I've, I have already started doing it a little bit because, like, I'm in your um, playbook mm-hmm. group, and we had that thing where we had the first video, and you were talking about you know, the concept of taking time and where are you actually going to take it from? I was like, oh, right, you can actually, you can actually say that, like, you know, what, I'm not going to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So you have time. That sounds wonderful. And so I've already, I've, I've quit a few things already that were taking up too much time. But yeah, it would feel good to, I think, bring it back even more. Yeah. Just so that it feels more manageable and not like you're always just stretching yourself over just so many tasks. And yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write that down
0: and the i think for you as well well for everybody but especially for you where you are juggling the different elements that leaning into the pareto principle or the 80/20 rule will be really important because something that you might want to do is identify the most efficient tasks and messaging for you to do so because you probably do a lot of stuff over here which is all for the products and a lot of the physical products a lot of stuff over there for all the digital products but where are the bits in the middle that help with both and they are going to be your sort of your hero things if you like that they're the things that can really you're literally doing killing two birds with one stone because you've got you've got this whether it's the Instagram, whether it's the blog, whether it's doing podcast interviews or whether it's a particular type of message or something that really appeals to both sides, that's the thing to really hone down on and prioritise those things because it's doing both.
1: Right, yes. I can definitely see see my blog coming into play there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, because, you know, just around witchcraft, there's so, there's so much to write about and I, I definitely think that that could... That would appeal to people who would be interested in both the products and the digital offerings. So I really feel like that could work for both aspects of the of the business.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. That makes that makes a lot of sense as well that it would, because especially with a blog, because it's so it can do so many different things. Like it can it can go really deep, it can go really broad, it can be really short, it can be really long. There's lots of different formats you can use. It can be very word heavy, very picture heavy. So you've got a lot of flexibility within that format to do all sorts of different things.
1: Yeah, sounds good.
0: Something I want to pick up actually on what you just said about the people who want the products and the people who want the courses Do you have a kind of particular customer profile or a target customer? Do you identify them as those people who have the products and people have the courses? Or is there more of a, they're the same person and they could buy both?
1: No, yeah, no, they're definitely the same person. And I've also just, you know, seen that they're, (laughs) that they are the same person. Mm -hmm. And I did, I did, I do have a bit of a, of a customer profile, so I started out with doing the whole demographic thing, right? And then yeah. I realized that that just wasn't helping me in any sort of way. But if I think about my customer as in what they what they sort of struggle with and, and that sort of thing, then it's really, it's just people, mostly women, really. It's like 99% women at least <laughs> who, you know, they're sort of looking for their way into witchcraft. And that that is sort of hard because there's, you know, there's these people and they know it exists and they find it fascinating, interesting, and they want to sort of find their way into the world. And that is usually, that, that's hard. That's like a big obstacle. And yeah, and I try to provide sort of that that way into this world by making it, just by making it really accessible and understandable and, and providing this open and welcoming space. And, and yeah, and that just, that goes for both the physical products because they're not, you know, they, all my products are things you engage with, right? So it's not just, it's not a face that you put somewhere and then it's there. They're all stuff that you use and that you add to your sort of spiritual practice. And, you know, I feel like a digital offering, a course or whatever is, is like that as well. It's something you
0: engage with. So yeah, I feel that it, it's very much the same person basically. And actually in a lot of ways that can make the customer journey more difficult because it's not like you've got person A who buys the physical products and so you can write a blog post for them or an Instagram post for them and then it's a nice easy journey and they end up at a product and person B is there for the courses and they go through the same one and it like I kind of got parallel journeys going on. They're crossing over a bit more and at the end of it there's two different call to actions and I guess it's a struggle to know which one to put first. Yeah, mm.
1: yeah. I feel like that. that's mostly... You, you, you get this feeling that you need to somehow make sure they go everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that's even possible. And if so, I just I don't know how.
0: Mm. It's, and it's tricky. It's because an effective call to action, <clears throat> excuse me, is one that is simple and to the point. What you don't want to be doing is having people get to a point where they're ready to do something and you're like go here or maybe here or perhaps over there because they're like well I, I don't know and then they leave so there has to be very specific places for them to go so what might be something to think about is whether you decide to split up your customer into the phase they're at in their journey this is something that I've actually done a bit more is that I have products for people who are right at the very beginning of starting a business and products for people who are a couple of years into it. They're the same sort of person. They're all striving towards the same thing. They're just at different places along the road of doing it. So maybe you've got a similar thing where there's somebody who's not quite ready to take a course yet. And maybe they're more your physical product customer And then later on, there's a pathway for them to start taking a course. And then maybe you have a physical product that's a more advanced product, if that such thing exists. And that goes to somebody later on in their journey. So you can start then to break that customer down a little bit to help the strands and the pathways through your business. Because you can then write a blog post about, I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't be as basic as this but getting into witchcraft and then the call to action there is to go and view the products or maybe there's one about i don't know something which which is more kind of middle ground about they've started and how they can go deeper go deeper in your practice and then that takes them to a course you see where i'm going so that you can just by breaking that up a little bit more, see who needs to go where. If that model I've just described works, it might be that a different one works. But I think that's going to be the key thing is actually, yes, they they can, this one customer can buy everything, but they're not going to buy everything all at once. So when's the best time to push them in a certain direction? Oh, I love that. That's so good. And I've noticed that on your website.
1: And I, I just remember thinking, oh, God, that's brilliant. Because there's so much there but it feels so easy flowy to, to get through it and I remember thinking oh I want something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds so good.
0: But, and especially when you do have a very content-led strategy which I do and it sounds like you do with the blog and everything that it starts to really pile up all the stuff that's on there and it that can become overwhelming for people so to we really like as humans signposts and I know everybody kind of mocks the link in bio thing and it, we don't want to feel like we're patronizing people by saying go here go here go here but actually if you go to a website where somebody's assumed that you'd know where to go You actually, you're looking for that link, aren't you? Or that button where you have to go to. So to really prescribe the journey for people. And I think this again is one of those things that we think, well, there is a right way for there to be a journey. And I just don't know which way mine is. I don't know how to fix this template onto my business. Actually, you get to decide what the journey through your website and ultimately the journey through your business is because it's your product you know the sort of person who needs that product and you know what they need to get to to the point where they want to work with you. Because for me, I know that the people who I want to work with, they, I don't want to do like a Facebook ad and somebody sees it for the first time, clicks it and buys it because they're not just going to get what <laughs> I do. You kind of need to have listened to some podcast episodes and read some blogs and sort of get the my approach a little bit more. So I want to make sure that it's a longer lead time, but people are led through all the different things. So but by the time they're ready to buy, they completely get it. They're completely on board and they're not looking for the quick fix. They're like, I want to understand this way of doing things. So, yeah, I've almost lost my train of thought there. But what I, <laughs> that in conclusion, you have to take control of that experience and say, this is the way that people need to move through this and have an understanding of how they're feeling at each stage of their journey in order to do that in the way that's going to be nice and engaging and great for them.
1: Yeah, that sounds really good. I'm just getting like right now, I'm just feeling like, oh, I want to dive into this and get it done. <laughs> and that,
0: that's good. That feels good. God, I was going to say, have you got like, is that a very sort of, oh my God, what am I going to do? The feeling or a, oh, I can see where, where the pieces are being put together.
1: No, yeah, definitely. For the first time, it doesn't sound terrifying. <laughs>
0: good. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Good stuff. Yeah.
0: So where does this leave you then with your free content quandary? Do you feel a little bit like you can see a way through for that, or maybe that that's still starting to it still feels a little bit out of your control?
1: Yeah, I think I think a little bit. I do. I I don't know. I still find it difficult. I just I have all this stuff, right? All these sort of like little giveaways. and oh here's a little free thing. Here's a little free thing, and I find it just kind of hard to bring it together to make them work for me. I'm not really sure what sort of word I'm looking for here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to yeah, that they're all really spread out. You probably because I've done this. You probably did it where you think, oh, I need a freebie. I'm going to stick this out. or oh, I need. To, I'm going to stick this out. And they've kind of all gone off in weird directions, and they're linked in random places, and they're not together. And then there's not one intentional force behind them all.
1: Yeah, no, it's usually just because like I get an idea, right? And I just go, oh, that'll be so much fun. I'm going to do that. And then i work out this whole free challenge of a month. And I go do it in a Facebook group and it's all wonderful. And then the challenge is done. And I go, okay, it was fun, but that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I spent a month on this <laughs> and and now it's gone and, and that's it. And it hasn't worked for me in any way. And um, yeah, it just becomes a bit too much after a while, as opposed to just keep on creating all this stuff when it doesn't, give back in any way I
0: suppose yeah no I t- that makes sense and it's really lovely that you do that and and this is the thing around community building because the nice thing to say is oh just give it all away and provide loads of value for people and they'll want to come back but also it has to be a two-way street I mean, people I I spoke to Nicole Antoinette on the podcast which I think at this point was maybe the last episode or an episode before, where she was talking about actually getting paid. We expect stuff on the internet to be free. And maybe it should be paid because it's a lot of hard work for people. And so this is the thing, is that it's not fair for people to just expect you to just give loads of stuff for free. And you you shouldn't martyr yourself to that in the name of value and community and customer experience. It's lovely that you're doing it, but there's got to be something coming back because otherwise you're just being taken advantage of. Well,
1: I actually have customers like sending me messages like, why are you doing this for free? <laughs>
0: Charge for this. Which if that isn't a sign, Kim, to be honest, <laughs> you should probably take it as well. <laughs> oh
1: gosh, yeah, I should just listen to them, shouldn't <laughs>
0: <laughs> But this is the difference between being strategic and not being strategic and the only difference is having an objective like it's fine to do something for free but have a clear objective of what you want it to do for your business and make sure that that runs like a red thread through the thing that you're doing so that yes you're doing a monthly challenge and it's all really lovely but there are they are throughout it encouraged to come and read your blogs or to look at a possible product that might help them with that part of the challenge and at the end of it they have to have signed up to your list to maybe get a sum up or something like that or it leads into the launch period for a course or something like that where you just you have a very clear objective for it and for you i would recommend it being either or So you're not confusing those call to actions. It's either a physical product or a digital product that you want to be pushing through it and make sure that that is happening throughout it because then you're getting a little something back or the possibility of getting a little something back. But yeah, if you are also doing something where you're like, this is a a load of work, that's probably something to think about charging for.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, No, that sounds good. I think, yeah, I think what I most need to do is when I have an idea, go like, okay, cool, great idea. You don't need to throw it out into the world right away. Just stop and think about maybe how, yeah, how you could attach an ad- objective to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really, it's, a, it's the what's it for question. Like, yeah, exactly. What am I going to do this for is a valuable one to always ask to kind of reel yourself in. And then you create a better thing as well because it's a lot more focused and you know exactly what, what the end point is so you there's a more kind of thrust of momentum going through it but you're right as well that just and this is something that I like to do with every idea because we get an idea and it's like the best idea ever and I'm so excited to do it and I really want to do it but just to make sure I spend a couple of weeks just sitting with it because sometimes I hate that idea. <laughs> After a couple of weeks, I'm like, oh no, that was really not a good one. <laughs> but I, like, I could have just gone off and done it and then I'd have been stuck in it. So I always think the ones that stick around are the ones to follow because ultimately as well, you can't do every idea, at least not at once. And that's where it starts to feel like it's running out of your control because you've got all these different ropes that you're holding onto and they're all sliding through your fingers. You can't grab onto every single one because you've just thrown them out there without a kind of strong knowledge of what they're doing and why you need to hold on to them. Yeah,
1: Mm. Hmm. that may- yeah, makes perfect sense.
0: And what I would probably do for you now as well with the free stuff that you've got out there is to A, work out where it all is. <laughs> um, this just going to be a date. <laughs> and then go through each one and see whether there was a kind of objective there that you didn't quite realise at the time. Like maybe it was a really, something that you really wanted to do to list build. And can you now go back through it and kind of optimise it to make it do that job even better than before? Maybe there's some that you can just get rid of, (laughs) which is also fine. And maybe there's others where you think this is a really great piece of content but I can't think of an objective for it right now. And then you just kind of keep it somewhere where you either put it into a course or you turn it into an ebook and sell it or it goes on the blog or something like that where you can just use it in a different way.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. That sounds good.
0: So that's probably also the same with your Facebook talks to make sure that, and that's probably a little test case for you as well to go into those now with an objective of what you want to get out of it <laughs> or what you maybe want to promote, what a call to action might be and just to see how as you're planning that talk how differently it feels.
1: Yeah, that sounds good.
0: And ultimately then to work out that also then gives you a chance to work out whether it's worth it because that's the thing when you're just doing like, especially things like a talk where it's a lot of your time and you're just going at it and then you're doing it because you do it, you can't really work out whether it's working or not because you've not set a objective to measure that against. So when you go in and be like, okay, this is what I want to get out of this, you can then see whether it, it happens or not. And then from there be like, okay, well, maybe the Facebook talks are a bit of a waste of time. <laughs> uh, maybe I reduce them down to seasonal or, or maybe I get loads from it and I need to do more of them or go in really deep in that that area because that's obviously a way that really resonates with people
1: yeah yeah that sounds good so would you say that just community building is that like an objective in and of itself or would would you always want it to do something else as well
0: I would think what you want the community building for because that to me is a little bit non-specific because you can do a lot of stuff very very unfocused stuff in the name of community building so it might be something like thinking about what you want your community to do it's maybe uh, a way to get some feedback on something or some market research or something like that so it might be something that you do where you ask a lot of questions to get stuff back it might be that you want to kind of use the community to galvanize word of mouth so you do a project or a challenge which gets people you know sharing you far and wide and all that sort of thing because they're taking part in it and they're enjoying it but also you're getting something out of it a little bit more as well so do you see where I'm going with that it's it's having yes community building is good but make sure there is a focus in there that, that allows you to kind of laser in a little bit more rather than just kind of sticking up another free challenge and it's again not got that focus
1: no yeah yeah that, that makes sense yeah because if you just do it for community building's sake it's it's almost like a it's almost like a, a cop-out or something it's like I I
0: claim I have a reason but basically yeah. I'm still just giving away <laughs> stuff for free exactly yeah it, yeah it's it's got to be something that you can really put your finger on And to be able to say that worked, that didn't. And I don't mean this in a way to get really super into numbers and counting up percentages and that sort of thing, but where you can be like, okay, yeah, I got, I I can see what I got from that. Whereas, yeah, community building, it's like, oh, people came, but I don't know if they were new, I don't know if they were old, I don't know if, you know, there's too many factors there (laughs) to know whether it was the thing that was the success. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if that is something that's kind of the heart and soul of your business, it's not something that I want to say, don't do free stuff. But if it's free, it's got to do something for you. And and that also doesn't mean be really salesy and horrible about it, because we've all done those webinars and stuff where it was a horrible experience (laughs) and we never wanted to speak to that person again so it's it's finding that balance between it being good for you and good for them which is tricky but like more than possible And, and coming at it as you do with a sense of authenticity for want of a better word and and a sense of wanting to really do it for them but also guys to be fair I want to get something out of this so I am going to put this in but the main thrust of it is I want people to experience this I think going at it with that kind of energy and attitude is is great
1: yeah no you're right I think I think that's what I'm scared of to sound like one of those webinar people who are like we we've given you so much well really we actually haven't but how about you buy the 7000 dollars product yeah and you know it's not what you're doing but still I I don't know if yeah it's it's scary sometimes or something like I'm afraid that that's what people think mm-hmm. I guess
0: mm-hmm. yeah I know exactly what you mean that it and to feel like oh god I've got to ask them to do something for me and I don't want them to think this I don't want them to feel pressured so so don't do that it's, it's the way it sounds really easy but just to kind of go oh, this is, this is something I've got for sale, I think you might be interested. People don't actually worry about that. And this is something, again, we think about selling as the times we've been sold too badly. So we only recognise the times we've been sold too badly as selling. So on those webinars where we felt awful, we're like, oh, that's what selling is, I don't want to do that. Whereas actually, you know, you've bought courses, you bought my courses, and I've you probably didn't feel like oh I was really sold to (laughs) oh honestly Kate it was so horrible
1: (laughs) (laughs) no you're so right not at all Mm. not no not at all not for a moment would you think like oh what's she doing now Mm. she's selling gross
0: yeah exactly and it's because it's that balance of having got loads of good stuff for free like blog posts and podcasts and the talks that you do like and so people are feeling pretty good and well served by you and then the sell itself is just a here's a way to go deeper I think you really like it and 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 the weight of all the other stuff is enough
1: yeah exactly yeah you're so right <laughs> I kind of, I kind of just needed a permission slip there, isn't it? Like yeah. that's just it.
0: Because <laughs> I think that's the thing we can get so, and I know I can, so worried about selling in inverted commas mm-hmm. that we just don't do anything, we don't say anything. You're like, oh, I need to promote this, but I really don't want to. Um, and so just to, I mean, the way that I I think about it is right. I'm just going to sit down as if just have a chat. To people about stuff be like this is something I've got going on you might be interested in it it does this 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 and this this is the reason that I did it this is what I think you're gonna get out of it yeah you you're an intelligent adult who can make up your own mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you. oh you're so right because you don't ultimately you don't want anybody to do something they don't want to do you don't want people on your course who's bought something because they they felt like they had to and they're hating every minute of it and they're not really in it you don't want that kind of experience so to it's just giving people what they need to make their own decision yeah yeah totally makes so much sense Mm -hmm. right (laughs) now (laughs) and using your free content as the breadcrumbs to help them get there
1: yeah okay it's it sounds manageable now
0: Good. Well, have we if we I realize I've kind of jumped around my plan a little bit. So have we covered everything that you wanted to cover or is there anything lingering that you think eh, I'm still not quite sure about this?
1: I don't maybe I should have written some stuff down before you we went into this, but <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'm just looking over the points you sent me just now. I don't think so.
0: Good. So I think for you the main my main takeaway for you would be to go through and make sure that you know when you're going to be focusing on digital, when you're going to be focusing on physical in a calendar kind of way. Also to think about, break down that customer a little bit more and know who needs what when. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so you can give it to them at that point. And then just the thing really for you to up-level your business because you've been doing, doing it for a year and a half it's your full-time income, it's going great. But the next thing is just to set objectives and do things on purpose. Yeah. And to really think, right, I'm going to do this free thing. Okay, but let me take five minutes just to think about what it's for and what I want it to do so that I can make it really, really focused.
1: Yeah, that may- all makes
0: sense. Because that's really all there is to it. I know strategy is a very scary word, but it's just doing things on purpose. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm definitely going to hang that up somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, actually, I do. I have a question coming oh. up right now. So when we talk about the whole, you know, identifying what is for, you know, where people are in their journey, sort of,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what are sort of ways to go go about that? Like, should I maybe just really put on my website, like, are you new, don't know where to start, go here, you're sort of further along, along the path and you want a bit more go here? Or... Do you do that a bit more subtle?
0: I mean, it's it's really I think for this it's a case of what feels right for your brand. Because if you have a more subtle way of doing things in your brand, or to just to put a big flashing neon light saying newbies come here doesn't feel right, then find a way to do it. And it might be that there is that you can draw on some folklore or traditional vocabulary that would really work beautifully with your branding so think about what feels like it's not going to completely jar against everything else that you do but also keep it simple because the more that you try and be subtle the more that people are going to miss it or they're going to be confused so it's finding that balance between something that's simple and easy for people to understand but also that doesn't feel too jarring with everything else that you do so um So yeah, for mine, as you've seen, it's, I've got taking the leap, finding your feet, wondering what's next. So what I did with that is rather than say new, middle, old, (laughs) (laughs) um, it was really thinking about how they are feeling in that moment and then trying to describe that feeling because that's what I talk about a lot. That makes sense with my brand. And then they go through to those pages and in the back end, I kind of categorise the blog posts so that when they go to the page there's blog posts which are there for all the things that they need and the products are there and I keep those updated so that's what I would say is to find a way that it's simple but on brand but also know that people love this I mean if you've come to somebody's website you've maybe found them on Instagram or a friend recommended them and particularly if you're sort of a big at more of a beginner level you're a little bit worried you're a little bit like oh is this person gonna look down on me I don't I'm not very experienced to have somebody say if you're brand new come over here you're all right come under my wing that's a really nice experience to have
1: oh that does sound
0: lovely doesn't it Mm.
1: (laughs) yeah okay that sounds good good yeah (laughs) Actually, I really just want a very big neon sign right now that says nobies come here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just up on my window. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, might have to be careful of that <laughs>
1: <laughs> That could go that could go the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. Never
0: mind. <laughs> okay, Kim. So the, I have one last question for you, which is how do you grow a soul in your work and life? Oh, the question. The okay. question. <laughs>
1: So I I did I did have a think on this, not not because I knew it was coming on, but basically every time I listen to your podcast episodes, you always wonder, like, what would I say? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I think how I grow with soul in my work and in my life is by always allowing myself to sort of break free of the the conditioning and the shoulds and all the stuff that society tries tries to put on us. And um just always you know aiming to trust and honor my feelings um you know for they are my compass and my guide but then also habitually forgiving myself when i get it wrong
0: mhm that's lovely <laughs> a very important caveat at the end as well <laughs> <laughs> so kim where can people come and find you and connect with you online
1: well Okay, so everything I do is in Dutch. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're listening and you happen to be Dutch, you can find mm. me on Instagram uh, at the alchemista. That's how we say it in Dutch, alchemista. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or on Facebook as the um, alchemista. Or my website, alchemista.nl. Mm. But if you're not Dutch <laughs> and you do still want to speak about witchcraft, you can definitely always just shoot me a message because... I
0: I like that and as you can tell she speaks great English so (laughs) it's fine I've kind of got it down so yeah yeah (laughs) great thanks so much Kim no thank you this was so wonderful any links we mentioned in this episode will be on my website at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast and you can find me and Kim on Instagram I'm at simpleandseason and she is at dot a l c h e m i s t a as always if you think you have a friend who would really benefit from listening to this conversation please do send them the link to the episode and share where you're listening online too and until next time i hope you grow a soul